This is the Ed Milet Show. Welcome back, everybody. My guest today played 12 years in the major leagues. Let me just tell you something. He could flat mash. This dude could hit. I used to watch him going, that's the natural. They should call him the natural. But then the more I got to know his story, turns out it wasn't natural, that he worked really hard to build this incredible swing. Three-time All-Star, and I'm just telling you guys, any of you that know baseball, this dude could flat-out hit. But today we're going to talk about, you know, you got someone here that played in the big leagues and the major leagues that long. There's a mental aspect to what they did and how they live and what they do now that got them there. So we're going to talk about peak performance today and overcoming adversity, all kinds of incredible stuff with Sean Casey. Casey, welcome to the show, bro. Ed, thanks for having me on, dude. So fired up to be here, brother. So <laughs> you came all up. the way in. You flew, flew <laughs> yeah. from Pennsylvania Pittsburgh, to be yeah. here today. So thank you for being here. I know you got a lot of yeah. family stuff going right now. Dude, too. I just wanted to say, too, like yeah. before we get going, like yeah. listening to your podcast, they're like, who's the guy? Who's the voice of like, welcome to Ed Miller? <laughs> who, who is that guy? The guy that does like He introduces your show. He it's used incre- to do. It's incredible. Yeah, he used to do <laughs> something for the NFL, and I heard his voice oh, this is way back in the day it's so yeah. funny seven years ago i'm like i told my team i go i don't know who that dude is <laughs> i want him. that voice saying my name <laughs> That's so great. And, and what's funny about that thing is too is that even to this day he still can't say my let correctly it's welcome to the ed Milet show <laughs> he still doesn't even say my name right but his voice is so good i'm like okay he can just say my he says my name wrong on my <laughs> own show but, but he like, says it was cold. such a great yeah. voice. I'm like, let's just leave it. <laughs> Every so time he great. does the takes, I'm like, can you get him to say Milet? And like, no, it's Milet. <laughs> Whatever. Do it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I want to go back to the kind of the beginning with you. Yeah. So Michael Jordan's got this amazing story that everyone throws around that, you know, yeah. he ends up being the greatest of all time, but he didn't even, you know, make his varsity team his sophomore year. There's right. this great story. And it's a great story. But the guy went to North Carolina, right. had a bunch of scholarship <laughs> offers. Right. You, on the other hand, yeah. When I say this guy could hit, I mean, I, I other big league baseball players envied your swing and just were, you know, you're just a remarkable hitter and player. But in high school, yeah. we go back, like, you didn't really have any juice. No one wanted you. Crazy. At high school, you couldn't even get a scholarship. You couldn't even get someone to look at you. I want you all to think about this that are listening. Wherever you are in your life right now, you're like, no one knows me. Nothing's happening. This dude couldn't even get someone to come scout yeah. him. Never mind him offer you money. No one would even come look, right? Is that no, true? No, I mean, you know, it's funny. We were talking about, you know, you're, you're out in Cal- California. You've yeah. got, you've gotten, hey, we had nine dudes from our high school get drafted. I'm like, what? Well, I, right. I could, I haven't seen, I haven't seen nine scouts in my life in <laughs> Pittsburgh. Incredible. You know what I mean? It was incredible. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a great story. And I, you know, as I look back, and I, I think we were we were talking earlier. Like my dad's in a place right now where yeah. he's has gone through two open heart surgeries and and all this stuff. So, it, you know, even more like he and I have connected, and mm-hmm. and we we've kind of gone back down memory lane and you know it's funny when I look back at when I look back at you know growing up in Pittsburgh like you know I was one of the better players probably 10 11 12 you know how that goes then you yeah. go to the bigger fields 13 14 mm-hmm. and so I remember being 14 years old and um and and I I wasn't I didn't play at all freshman year and I'm like, man, why am I not playing Wait, at all? you didn't play like I played a little bit I was like hey you know, Casey get in there and pinch hit and I'm like what? You know, yeah. so yeah, so didn't really play much, played a little bit here and there. And I remember like a few games into the year going to my dad and being like, hey, dad, mm. help me out here. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you know how good I am. I, yeah. You saw me hitting bombs when I was 12, just crushing right. balls like right. 220 in a gap. You know what I right. mean? Like right. dominating, you know? Right. <laughs> <clears throat> and, and I'm like, you know, and I, I, you know that I should be starting as a freshman, you know, mm-hmm. freshman baseball. And he's like, and I was like, do you think you could go talk to the coach? 
See, I would, you know, that'd be that'd be just help me out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We go get your dad to kind of snowplow in yeah. there, and a hey, a lot of guys do do that. Well, that's what I mean, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, I think back now as a dad, and I know you do too, Ed. Is the conversation you have with your kid like, mm-hmm. man, am I enabling my kids? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like you disable people when you enable them. You know, yeah. am I enabling my kids sometimes? Am I making it too easy? Mm-hmm. And and do I say no enough to maybe sometimes the, for, yeah. for a lesson, right? And like, so when I look back at this conversation, had my dad gone and talked to the coach we're not even talking yeah isn't that incredible we're not even talking so he says no so my dad says no he's like you know what sean i'm not gonna talk to the coach Mm. he goes he goes but he goes one thing i will say is the kid that's playing ahead of you i don't think he's better than you but you're not glaringly better than him you're not glaringly better than him he goes if you want to start playing then you got to start taking accountability for who you are as a player and for you who you are as you know putting in the work. Wow. He goes, there's a batting cage that just opened up in the, in the town next to us. Mm. He goes, I'll make you a deal. He goes, I'll buy you as many tokens as you want mm. as long as you hit every day. As soon as you stop hitting, the deal's off. I love you, Dad. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, and I yeah. said, you know what? You got a deal, Dad. Mm. He goes, you got to start being accountable for who you are and putting in the work. And Ed, dude, I, I started falling in love. I went, I went to the cages. I went to this batting cage. It was Grand Slam USA. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, remember Grand Slam yes. when they first came out? And I look back like things you're grateful for. I literally, my gratitude journal recently was like, I'm so grateful that that guy, Dick Thomas, decided to put a Grand Slam USA yeah. in the town next to me in Pittsburgh. Wow. You know, it's incredible when you yeah. think yeah. back at your life. You know yeah. what I mean? So I end up meeting a guy on Tuesday nights named Frank Porco. Never played, never played, um, never ever played college baseball, but he was a hitting instructor. I know. wanted to ask you that. So this yeah. guy that helped you Bro. didn't even play college baseball? Didn't play college baseball, just mm-hmm. a high school, and he was making some money on the side. But Ed, mm-hmm. talk about divine intervention. Yeah. This guy knew hitting. Mm-hmm. This guy knew hitting. And all the years I played in the big leagues and all the, all the you know, hitting coaches I've been around, I still feel like Frank Porco really? in Bethel Park, you know, Pennsylvania, was the best coach. Wow. And so I would go to him every Tuesday night. My dad didn't make a lot of money. He was a chemical salesman, mm-hmm. making like thirty-three grand a year. You know, so I knew mm-hmm. those tokens were a big deal. Yeah, I didn't take that for granted. I knew those tokens. I knew the deal was a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I would go every Tuesday night, hit mm-hmm. with Frank Porker for thirty minutes, five thirty, six o'clock, twenty bucks. You know, it's a lot more now. Yeah, <laughs> it's not right. twenty bucks, yeah, right. but twenty bucks. And then I would just stay, man. And I became obsessed with the the, the mechanics of a swing, all because I wanted to play JV baseball. That's it was, crazy. It was all because I wanted to start my sophomore year, really, right? And it's just when I look back and like you know how you talk about just like the compound pounding, the marginal gains. Yes. Like I could see myself getting like a little bit better every time. Like oh mm-hmm. man, my front shoulder's staying a little better. I'm mm-hmm. I'm really driving off my backside. So next year it comes along and my dad was right. He's like, man, it, this is gonna work. So sophomore year I start JV, right? And I'm like, wow, this is working. My dad's right. Like mm-hmm. it's that you know. And and he was always telling me you want to. And I was like, well, I'm college baseball one day. And I was like, all right, preparation meeting opportunity. Like. Mm-hmm. Be ashamed one day, Sean, if you came, if, if the opportunity came along and you weren't prepared. I'm like, mm-hmm. and I kind of took that stuff to heart. It was just yeah. such great lessons. So my sophomore year, hitting every day still. I, I didn't play any other sports. I did play uh, some football and basketball, but by my sophomore year, I was just playing baseball. But I hit every day, hit every day after school. Next thing you know, I'm, a, I'm junior year, I'm starting varsity. And then senior year, I'm starting varsity. Now I'm a good hitter, though, Ed. Yeah, now you now can I'm break. Like, now this works. Break. Yeah, yeah. This uh, doing stuff every day, like you know, that invisible, those invisible games. He really do work. And yeah. I was driving balls all over the park. Mm. So we get to my senior year, man, and and you know, uh, kind of another just a great lesson from my dad. Um, 
he had just started a, a new company called Casey Chemical. He's been waiting to do it. He's 50 years old now. He's like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to start it. It was a, you know, it, it was, he was like a middleman for like, you know, for selling surfactant chemicals. Right. Okay. And, and so I could, I saw how, how much he grinded. I saw mm. like the, the work ethic that he put in and I could see now what he was talking about mm. four, three years earlier. So, and we, every, every month I'd come home from school and, and, uh, he would be here. Hey, Time to send out the uh, network marketing. Yeah. He's like, we got five thousand letters, Shawnee. Get those, get that those lips ready because you're going to be licking those envelopes and sending them off. And we would send them out. He would say, Hey, listen, if we get three or four people to to, to come back, we got a sale. We're going to pay the bills. And that's that was like the kind of the thought process, right? Wow. So during my senior year, I had no college scholarship offers, not Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, right? Just like. Mm. They weren't there, and you know, you know. Remember back in high school, you'd go to those tryouts where, like, yes. you know, the big league teams would come, and then you'd yeah. run the sixty, and that's why yeah. you got and you're getting drafted. Yeah. He was like, "This my leg can fly." You right. know what I mean? They're right. like, "This Casey, like, does he have a, does he have a, a, a disease we don't know about?" That <laughs> <laughs> looks like he's ice skating quicksand. You know what I mean? They're like, so, so I'd run the sixty seven four seven five. I'd come, I'd come back Eddie after the trial. I'm like, "Oh yeah, when are we gonna hit?" And they're like, "All right, these guys are coming back for day two. Yeah. And they'd go down the list. I'd be like, and I'm like, uh, Casey, uh, I think you left off. Sean Casey, like, no, you're not on the list. Seven, four, five. We'll see you next time. Go to the uh, Royals tryout next week. I'm oh like, so dude, it was like so frustrating because I'm like, is this a track tryout or are we gonna hit? Right, We're not exactly. gonna hit like this, this is right? Baseball. So, so, so my dad at that point, I was getting not many looks. And my dad said, you know what, Sean? Mm. I sat down with him. I said, Dad, I really want to play college baseball, but no one's coming. Mm. And he goes, No one is gonna come. Mm. He goes, no one's coming, Sean. Mm. He says, you want to make you you want to go play college baseball? You got to start playing offense, not defense, so and quit waiting for somebody to come. Oof. He's like, how about tomorrow? Mm. You come home from school, you come up to my office, Casey mm. Chemical. Mm. You sit down with me. Mm. We're gonna write thirty letters. Mm. You're gonna write the thirty schools that you want to go to. Wow. Division two, division three, wherever you want. So I come home from school that day. I'm kind of fired up. Yeah. I got a guy got a game plan. I sit mm. down with my dad. He goes, here we go. Mm. So bam, I read the first one to Penn State, next one to Clemson. Then I'm writing a College of Wooster. Mary, I'm writing whoever will yep. whoever will listen. Yep. I just opened my mind. I'm like, I'm gonna play in the big leagues one day, but I gotta get to a college first. Why did your face change when you started to talk about your dad writing the letter? I'm just curious, like your face changed a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know what? Cause it fires me up. I'm yeah. so grateful. Yeah. I'm so grateful. Mm. You know, it just you, you, you know, I'm forty eight now. <clears throat> so you're grateful for those you're grateful. When you look back when you're 18 years old, yeah. 17, 17 years old, and, and uh, you know, you've got a dad that's, that's willing to stand next to you when you're, yeah. when you're grinding. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. it's, you, know, when it's, you know, when it's not, you know, when everyone tells you you're too slow, you're this and that, mm. you know, you've got the guy next to you say, you can do it. Yeah. Why not you? Yeah. You know? And, I told you the truth, too, right? Like, hey, no one's coming. Hey, bro. No, no one's, one's coming. coming. And, you know, and I think that's the reality of it. Yeah. That was the reality of it. Like, and, and I, you know, I was like, when you, you know, fight with reality, you only lose 100%. I'm like, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, so we sit down and write these 30s. 30 amazing. Li- I just got to tell you, like, yeah. you're getting me. Like, I don't know yeah. why my eyes are watering, <laughs> yeah. but, like, I know that that was a, like, you're not here if you don't write those letters. You're not, I know they're going to hear it no. in a minute, but, like, you're not here if your dad doesn't stand by you. You're not here if yeah. 
you don't play offense. He doesn't tell you, no one's coming, Shawnee. No one's, no one's coming. coming. No one's coming. It's just, it's just amazing yeah. how moments in life can define us, right? That's like, what I mean. Like, even yeah. with my kids, I'm like, God, I hope I'm saying the right Me stuff. Too. Dude, Me don't too. you feel that yes. way? Like, yes. I hope I'm giving the right lessons. Right. I hope I'm not just snow plowing, you know, the road for them and making sure yeah. everything's smooth. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the, the, the adversity that I had was the, what, that's where I got my advantages, right? So, so you write the letters. So I write the letters, dude. Write 30 letters. Right before I'm done, I, I get up to go. He goes, hey, 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 sit back down. He goes, Got one more letter. He goes, University of Richmond sent you a flyer. I'm like, a flyer. <laughs> you know, now flyer. it's like social media. These kids yes. are like, hey, look at my swing. Check me out. Look, yeah. like I got millions of followers. Yeah. They're like, hey, University of Richmond sent you a flyer last year from the Keystone State Games. Why don't you send them one, too? So, bam, last letter, University of Richmond. Dear University of Richmond, thanks for the flyer. Yeah. <laughs> right. I really think I can play there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. So, bam, season goes on, dude. And I'm yeah. still hitting every day after school, and I'm having a great year. We end up winning the championship that year at, 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 my, at my school, Upper St. Clair. Mm. But with four games to go, brother. Mm. And it's incredible how this, how this works. First at bat, I remember we're playing this team called Montour. I get a pitch middle away, bam, rocket left center. You know, yeah. I'm like, let's go. A couple ribbies, you know. Yeah. Next next pitch, you know, get a pitch middle in, bam, right, right center, you know. Yeah. So I'm four for four, eight RBIs, you know, and and, and four doubles. And you know, bro, like, yeah. you you could probably look back at your high school career, yeah. college career, and mm -hmm. you know the games. Yeah. yeah There's a handful of, of them where you're yeah, like, absolutely. Hey, that was, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. That was my greatest high school game ever. Yeah. Hands down, no doubt about it, 100%. So Jerry Malarkey, who's the, who's the coach at Upper St. Clair, I'm, I'm running out to play first for the seventh inning. We're mm. dominating this team. He's like, hey, Case, he's like, man, you've had a heck of a game. Mm. He goes, uh, how many hits you got? I go, four hits, man. He goes, how many ribbies you got? I got eight ribbies, Jerry. He goes, yeah, you know what? That's great. Mm. He goes, see the guy behind the backstop right there? That's Mark McQueen. Mm. Just drove six hours from the University of Richmond uh, to come see you play. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, he wants to talk to you after the game. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so after the game, I went over. Preparation meeting opportunity. Right preparation there. meeting opportunity. And I yeah. remember thinking to my dad, I'm like, Dad, what's this preparation meeting opportunity stuff? Is this, yeah. Are you BSing here? Because yeah. I don't see any opportunities, yeah, right? right. But he's like, what, he, and he, always, he was always adamant once, one's going to come. Mm. One's going to show up. You know? And I went over to Mark McQueen, shook his hand. He said, hey, man, he's like, really like your swing. Uh, you know, he goes, I, I, let me get back to you tomorrow. So he went back to Coach Atkins back in R Richmond, called me, offered me a thousand dollar scholarship. And I think at the time Richmond was like 30 grand. My dad made 33 grand. I was like, oh dad, what are we going to do? He's like, we'll figure it out. We'll that. take a second mortgage on the house. We'll get some financial aid. So I went to University of Richmond, brother, on the only offer that I had from those letters that I sent out because tr playing offense and not defense, right? Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah, incredible. <clears throat> I go to University of Richmond. Are you wait? Are you all hearing this? <laughs> Just so you know, the end of the story is this man plays twelve years in the major leagues as one of the greatest hitters over a decade in the major leagues, multiple All Star teams. This dude got no looks, no look. You, if you feel like you're missing your like, are you hearing this? He gets a thousand dollar. And all due respect to University of Richmond, all due respect. But this is not like Arizona State well, either, it's right? A, it's a mid major, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, this like, like big time. It's incredible. Go yeah. ahead. That's Inc incredible. Incredible. So I go to University of Richmond, <clears throat> hadn't even seen the school. Show up first day with my buddy Jay Adams. Hey, man. Hey, nice campus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're taking 45 visits. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Ed Milet, yeah. let's yeah. get him. Be, this guy's going to be leading off for us for three years. We've got boom, 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 Pac-10, SEC. I'm like, hey, a great campus. Yeah, and I'm know? interviewing you now, just yeah. so you know. And you're the one who played 12 years in the big league. So exactly. it all works out okay. How life works out. You're on out. my show yeah. talking about your big league career. Isn't that incredible? It's incredible. It's, it's incredible how yeah, life great. works out. It's so yeah. true. So I go to University of Richmond, bro, 
I end up starting my freshman year, have a good good freshman year, freshman All-American, like, you know I mean, in that yeah, league. Yeah. You know, but I'm still developing as a player. My sophomore year, I do well, and I go to Cape Cod League. Mm-hmm. And you obviously yep. know mm-hmm. that's your ticket. That's if you can it. get to the Cape, yep. you know, in that year, Todd Helton was there, Darren Nurse, that was there, Mike Lowell, some good players, yep. right? Have a really good summer, hit like 340 with the wood bat, you know, mm-hmm. almost, you know, lead league in RBIs. And the only reason I say that is because it's the part of the story. I go back my junior year, and I be and I and I and I hit 461, and I led NC Division One, NCAA baseball, in hit in batting. Incredible. 461, incredible. It's so incredible. I think back to three years earlier, or six years, seven years earlier. I'm asking my dad to go talk to the freshman high school coach because I'm not playing, and he just gives me the lesson of you've got to work harder. You got to put the time in. You got to start being accountable for what you do. Set new routines. What are your habits after school? Mm. All that stuff. And that, and then for me, it, it then all started to develop. Like I look back and like seven years later. Gosh. With the with with like you talk about yeah. the the compound pounding, that yep. pinata effect of the invisible yep. games, all that stuff. Yeah. Seven years later in the NCAA Division One champion. That is freaking incredible. Yeah. And I get become a second round pick of the Cleveland Indians. That is incredible. You know what? The thing I want to say to you, I want just to hear this. Forget baseball. Forget it. We're not even talking about baseball, even though we're talking about baseball right now. To go from you're not any discernibly different than the dude starting in front of you, your own dad. Just telling you, you're not that much better than this guy. Yeah. And the freshman team, <laughs> exactly. to seven years later, you lead the planet in the, all of NCAA baseball and hitting yeah. and become a second-round <laughs> draft pick to professional baseball. And then get there. And by the way, guys, in baseball, that doesn't mean you're going to the big leagues. Then <laughs> right. he actually gets to the big leagues. And then to get in the big leagues and stay is almost unheard of. And then not just to stay, this is <laughs> mind-blowing, right? Like, And what here's the part for me, because I was a fan of yours. Yeah. He had such a beautiful swing, you guys, and yeah. I would refer to you as the natural. Yeah, thank you. And but you know what? The way you actually did it's more impressive. You weren't natural. No, you had to learn the swing. You had to grind. You had to take extra BP and extra BP yeah. and extra BP and how to hit a curveball and how to hit a ball away and how to hit one up in the zone yeah. and not have a hole in your swing. Because when you get to the big leagues, you're like, this dude can't hit it, mill yeah. in or wherever. And we right? just yeah, we just yeah, like, infiltrate there. My gosh, like, yeah. and I I love knowing you weren't natural. Now, yeah. to be honest with you, because <laughs> yeah. you know your swing was so it, uh, it was just re- respected by most people yeah. in baseball. Okay, so. I, let's go back for a second here. Yeah. I want to just like I'm so excited to hear this story because I know it's going to give hope to so many different people. Was there ever a point where you like knew you were good? I mean this like you knew you could rake, but even when you got to pro ball, was there still this dude that like I didn't make my fr- I didn't start as a freshman. Mm-hmm. I played JV as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. No one even looked at me. Mm-hmm. I got a thousand bucks to go to a mid major. Mm-hmm. Like did did you ever have that imposter type syndrome, or did or mm-hmm. did you get to the point where you're like? Because I would watch dudes like you because I wasn't as good as you. Yeah, yeah. I would watch dudes like you and go, they just know something about themselves I don't know. Mm-hmm. I always felt like guys yeah. like you yeah. knew something. Or did you struggle with, I don't know that I belong here either? Well, dude, I, I think I think throughout life we all have that inner critic that's like, mm-hmm. hey, man, you're not fast enough. Hey, mm-hmm. man, you don't, you had no offers. Hey, man, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't play good enough defense. You don't do this and that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no. Mm-hmm. Like, I think... I think one of the biggest things for me, Ed, was um, I, I, my dad, again, to go back mm-hmm. to a quick story. Yeah. My dad bought three books for me when I was a, ju- when I was a junior in high school. Incredible. I did, wasn't a big reader then. I love to read now, but I wasn't a big reader then. He bought me, and I'm sure you've read these books mm-hmm. too, the, 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 uh, the Art of Hitting 300 by Ted Williams, I yep. believe. 
um, the Charlie Lau book. Yeah. And and then he bought me the Metal Game of Baseball with yeah. by Carl Keel mm-hmm. and Harvey Dorfman. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, bro, mm-hmm. I fell in love with that mental game of baseball with, with Harvey Dorfman. Here we go, everybody. And, and, yeah. and what I started to do was in my free periods in high school, I'd go and I'd highlight. Did you really? Yeah, it's incredible. And I, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say this. Mm-hmm. I read that book, mm-hmm. not kidding, from when I was 16 years old till I retired when I was 34. I read it every day. Did you? Now, I read the whole book, but I did, but, but I did yeah. go to parts. Like, mm-hmm. I remember there was one part, you know, he would talk about, you know, just big on the breath right Mm -hmm. get get your breath your breath is going to connect you to your body and your mind like Mm -hmm. so if you want to live in that moment and reset a pitch Mm -hmm. you got to breathe so i'm 16 years old okay gotta breathe you know what i mean gotta breathe process not results process not results it was in the book right and he's Mm -hmm. focused on the task at hand well he's just i'm a 16 year old kid and i'm like but i but i was like okay that makes sense that makes sense like take a deep breath focus on the task at hand then i started to learn the process of an at bat like hunt the fastball look middle away react Mm -hmm. in you know all that stuff Mm -hmm. But because of those things when I was 16, mm. I could I started to see that they were working in the game. Interesting. I'm like, oh, my gosh, when I take action on these principles, they actually work. You know what's different, too, is like I read that book, too, but I didn't read it every day. Right. And I wonder, <sighs> had I done that? Like the mental side of the game, right. the process not results part, I really struggled with. Right. When I wasn't getting results, it crushed me. Yeah. didn't matter if I was lining out six times in a row. I'm like, I was 0 for 6, you know, whatever it was. Like right. I, the results part of it, so many people allow the negative result that's happening in their life to derail the process right and they don't stick with their process or they don't evolve their process it's true a lot of you out there right now you're driving to some sales call and you know what if it doesn't go well if the result isn't good you trash your process or you don't build a new process right it happens and everything happens in every area of life so the difference was you kept reading it you kept staying on those things i stayed on it what about pressure i'm curious for you did you feel pressure was it was a I have to imagine an mm-hmm. at-bat on a Thursday in the middle of the season if you're not in the race is different mm-hmm. than an at-bat mm-hmm. getting ready to play in the postseason, or were they the same to you all the time? Dude, right when you say that, I, I have a, a, you know, I have a, a bat that pops into my head. You know, okay. it, 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 to go, like, general, yeah, you felt pressure, mm-hmm. and I, but I also felt like pressure is all in my mind. Yeah. Pressure is all what I, wh- whatever perspective I want to put on this at bat or whatever, th- that's, that's got, that's on me. So I got to be able to control that. I go back to, a, um, <clears throat> I go back to an at bat in the world series, bro. I was so fortunate. Like even that say some of these stories and yeah. you know, dude, being a baseball player yeah. and you know, you know, obviously you're this unbelievable entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. You've done so many great things, yeah. but I know deep down you're that little kid that loves baseball. And, 100%. You know what I mean? So like yep. to play in the world series in 2006 was just so incredible. It was like, it was like a, the dream within the dream, right? Dream within yeah. the dream. So in, in the ninth inning in that series, you know, this is my ninth year in the big leagues now too. So I'm like, I remember telling Justin Verlander, who was a rookie that year in Curtis Granders, and I pulled him aside. I pulled Verlander aside. I said, hey, listen, don't take this for granted. You may never be back here again. I go, this is my ninth year in the big leagues. I have a couple more years left, and I'm going to be gone. There's not a second that goes by with batting practice, grounders, whatever I'm doing in the, in the fall classic that I don't say Thank you, God. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you, God. Right? Yeah. Right? So, and Verlander, a few years ago, mentioned that. He said, Did I remember he really? when Sean Casey grabbed me and said, don't mm-hmm. ever take it for granted, because you never know. Never. So here I am, at it's game five, you know, tough situation with St. Louis. We're down 3-1. Adam Wainwright at the time was a closer, right? Comes in, he's throwing about 98. He closed? Yeah, he closed he that year. His rookie year. That's crazy. Yeah, dude, right. he threw gas. Right. 98, good hook. Okay. You yeah. know, good changeup, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so um, I remember just, you know, uh, I was ready for those moments because I was like, I'm ready. Like, mm-hmm. I've done the work all these years, and I have a process. Like, mm-hmm. so, so sure enough, bro, first pitch change up. I, or first pitch heater, I take it for 01. 
Next pitch, he throws me a changeup. I swing and miss 0-2. I step out, Ed. Mm-hmm. Now, there's one out in the ninth. We're down 4-2 to two in the game, right? Mm-hmm. They, if they're two outs away from the World Series in St. Louis, right? So I step out. The, 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 the roar of the crowd was so deafening. Mm. That it, it was the first time in my career I was like, whoa, I, I felt a ringing in my ear. Like, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I stopped and I looked out and I was like, what is that sound? Wow. <clears throat> what is that sound, that roar? Mm. It, was, it was a roar of a community saying, we're two outs away right. and you're one of them. Right. And we're about to, we want to we win Punching a world championship. Yep. We want to punch you out. Yep. So I remember stepping out, felt the ringing in my ears, and I felt, I felt the, the energy of 60,000 voices, right? Like, mm. and, and, and all of a sudden, I remember thinking to myself, oh, man. I got to go back to the, I got to hear the one voice that I need. And that's the voice that's put in the work. That's the voice that has the process. That's the voice that that 14 year old kid, when he wasn't good enough, he now is because he put in the work. Right. And I remember sitting there going, get back to the moment, you know? And I, and I always say like, I have a buddy of mine. I said, well, how do I, how do I do this breathing stuff? I go do that. If you can do it in front of 60,000 people in the world, you, you could do it in your kitchen. Right. <laughs> you could, you right. could get it together yeah. in the kitchen. So I remember stepping out and taking, okay, I got to really get back my breath. Cause I got to get back into this moment. Cause I'm done. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I stay in, if I stay in this chaos, mm-hmm. I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm in trouble. So I took a deep breath. I got back in, and I sl- really slowed myself down. Next pitch, bam! I get I, one and two ball. Right. So I get it back to two two, mm-hmm. and I, the same process. I step out. I take a deep breath. I get it. I get in the box. I go through my process. Look middle way. React in. Mm-hmm. Look middle way. Hunt the heater. Look middle way. React mm-hmm. in. Bam! I get it to three two. I think he throws a fastball up and away, and I'm thinking to myself, I got him. I got him now because mm-hmm. I'm back. This crowd's irrelevant, mm-hmm. right? And you know, and Ed, you know too, I get fired up talking about this, but yeah. baseball is golf in a team environment. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, you, you yeah. work with enough golfers yeah. to know, yeah. you know what? Hey, bro, yeah. if you don't have your stuff together, if you haven't done the work mentally, mm-hmm. hey, hey, bro, you're in trouble. You're, you're on an island. Yeah. You're on an island yeah, by yourself. nowhere to go. And, it, dude, the, the, the inner trust that I had in myself, the confidence that I had, and then you asked mm-hmm. me about that, the confidence, was there any doubt? After all the years of putting in the work, being in that situation with that crowd and everything like that, I, I, when I was 3-2 on Wainwright, I was like, I'm so glad. I have so much confidence right now in yeah. just this moment. I just have to hunt the fastball. I got to get a pitch to hit, and I got to do my job. And sure enough, he throws me a fastball. I hit one of the hardest balls I've probably ever hit. Bullet in the gap, off the wall, end up getting a double. Mm. But the reason I tell that story is because the when you start getting a protocol yeah. for life or a mm. process for life, mm. and you work it and you master it, mm. it works. Yeah. And it works in baseball. It works in life. Mm. It works wherever you want to work it. Mm. Right? It works if you work it. And like that's for me. I look back at that at bat and say, was there pressure? Yeah. But guess what? I went internal, mm. and I actually controlled what I can control. And get let's get it on, dude. I have been right? doing this show for a billion years. There's like five times I want to run through a freaking wall, and I do right now because like one, that's freaking awesome, and two, the application is way beyond baseball. Mm. The application is you got to get internal. You got to rely on the work you've done. You've got to believe in that moment. You deserve it yeah. that you put it in. That's the other thing about baseball, though. Gosh, that fires me up, dude. <laughs> Thanks, fires bro. me up. God, Jim incredible. Rome is who told us we should do this today, our mutual buddy, Jim Rome. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> the world is thanking you right now because of all these lessons that your career leaves. Everyone listen to this, man. If you're not where you want in your dream, I hope this gives you some hope. I also hope it gives you a process. Mm. And he's telling you that the difference was all the reps that he put on the physical side, but then also the mental reps of being ready for the moments when they present themselves because that is the separator. I promise you, with all the athletes I work with, 
There's a point where your physical skills in business and parenting and sports just will not be enough. And the separator is going to be those mental things. The crazy thing about the mental preparation for life, business, whatever it is, is it's so random when it shows up. It's not as obvious as it is. Like, it's just this, oh, my gosh, am I ready or not in this moment? Oh, my gosh, am I equipped to handle it emotionally? And it's a, Or can I rise to this occasion when I need to? It's amazing. The mental part of the game is invisible, the game of life, and when it shows up is also invisible. You don't know when you'll need it, mm. but you'll need it. And if it's not there, that's why you become average. That's why you're not sitting on someone's podcast. That's why you don't play 12 years. That's why you're just another dude growing up who was a pretty good high school baseball player. Another guy who went to play college baseball, was a really good hitter. Just whatever happened to that guy? Right, right. That, yeah. right? They got, they right. They got bombs. Because that was the difference. Yeah. The difference is these mental reps yeah. and then to stay. Yeah. The other part of baseball, though, is that it's a failure-based mm. game. I mean, like, if you're really, really good and you're a great hitter, right, yeah. you're successful. I mean, <laughs> 30% of the time, you're dealing with failure 70%. I actually think because I was an okay player <laughs> and not like a great player like you, I actually think baseball did equip me for life in many ways because of all the failure. And and I you have a good saying for what failure is, yeah. and I want to give you the grace yeah. to share it with everybody. But so just talk about that part of baseball, failing what failure mm. means to you and what you did with it, because that's part of life too, but mm. it's really pronounced in baseball. Yeah, yeah. You know, failure's feedback. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, failure's feedback. Like, mm. I, you can, first off, mm. in baseball and in life, if you start taking your failures personally, mm. well, then you become the victim. Like, ah, man, I just can't do it. And it's this guy's fault and this yep. guy's fault. It's like, mm. no, man, it's feedback. What are we gonna do with it? Yeah. You know what are we what are we gonna do with the feedback that we just got? Mm -hmm. You know, are we gonna run and hide or are we gonna run for it? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you know, like I always say, like the Navy SEALs, they feel gunfire, they run for it. Yeah. Like who's doing that? Yeah. Like and you know, and and you think of baseball, like, hey man, failures feedback, mm -hmm. failures information. You know, it's only failure to fail to learn. Harvey Dorfman used to tell me that. You know, you he, ended up becoming a friend. Incredible. Of yeah. A couple years into the big leagues, I called him. I just called him. I, I was two thousand three. I was like, I cannot end my career. Without not having met Harvey Dorfman to tell him what. This so is I, the guy who wrote the book that changed his yeah, life. Yeah, the mental game of baseball. Yeah. yeah. So I called him and I'm like, "Hey, Harvey, you know my name's Sean Casey. I know who you are. You yeah. got a sweet swing." I'm like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> you know, you know, sometimes <laughs> yeah, you meet people like, "This guy knows who yeah, I am." You of know course, what I mean? Yes. And so I ended up working with Harvey. You know, mm. and and you know one of the greatest stories was, I remember I was I was in 2004. I was really having a great year. Mm. Probably like mid beginning of June, I was hitting like 390. Which yeah. is like you know that's, that's incredible. incredible, right? Yeah. And I went, I went, I went, and a time was 0 for 12, right? Went over mm -hmm. 12, but I, but I was like you said, over six with six lineouts. I had probably 11 lineouts. Mm -hmm. I call Harvey one night, and what I loved, Har what I loved about Harvey, he broke through your. Mm -hmm. he, he was yeah. like, dude, like. Yeah, I, I kind of yeah. don't want to call me if you got something good. Yeah. But if you don't, I'm gonna let you know. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I picked up the phone one. This one, I like. I, I, I think this is good. I think. <laughs> right, right, think right. Things are. He answers the phone. He's down in North Carolina. Hey, hello. I'm like, hey, Harvey, it's, it's Case. I was like, uh, hey, bro, can I talk to you real quick? He's like, yeah. What do you got? Mm. I was like, man, I'm just grinding right now. Oh, for my last twelve. He's like, all right, break it down for me. What do you got? Your last twelve at bats. So I'm like, all right, you know, fir first a bat, rocket in the gap. Jim Edmonds, you know, makes a ridiculous <laughs> play. Next one, it shot the first, you know, guy, you know. So I've, I've had 11, uh, 12 at bats, but 11, 11 uh, you know, mm -hmm. rockets. He's like, listen, mm -hmm. he goes, your job, and he turns into like that, like, crudgy old mm -hmm. guy. Your job mm -hmm. is to focus on the process. Yeah. Your job 
is to make sure you take a deep breath every pitch to get ready for that next pitch. Your job is to hit the ball hard every time up. Sounds like you're doing your job. I'll talk to you later. He hung up on me. <laughs> like, Let's go. Because yeah. he knew yeah. you can't believe the failure. Yeah. You can't believe you have to take the fail. You have to yeah. make the and, and and the adversity in baseball in life. Make it why don't you look for it and say, that's gonna make me stronger. Yes. That's gonna yeah. make me stronger. Yeah. You know what I mean? I always looked at it like if I were batting, like I, I was a leadoff hitter, so I try to take a lot of pitches for other guys too. I wanted to get, get as much info. Right. It's really interesting. The big leagues now, like that's not really the thing anymore that leadoff guys can still strike out all the time yeah. like i never wanted to strike out but, but i feel I would, like it's going back that way though, well like, you would know because yeah. we're gonna talk about that in yeah. a minute he's also a broadcaster for the mlb network so yeah. he's still very much involved <laughs> that's a whole other part of his life but but i would try to get information but like if i did go oh for one even if i grounded out the short first bat i'm like okay he's trying to work me away his breaking ball does this he can't locate his change up right. like a download information from the at bat, and I watched the World Series last night. Where while yeah. we're recording this, the World Series is happening. Probably by the time it right. comes out, it may be over. Right. The big tall dude for Philadelphia two nights ago, Alec Bohm. He hit the home run. Yeah, yeah, Alec Bohm. Home yeah. run. And they said something to him, like they interview him during the game, and they said to him, "Hey, what did Bryce Harper say to you?" Because uh, Bryce had come over and said, and he said, "I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what he said to me." But what had happened was Harper had actually got out the at bat before, but he downloaded from that failure feedback oh, so that he good. gave it to Bone. Right. So. That's part of what failure should be. When you miss a sales call, it's not like I suck. It's like, okay, what did I not say? Where did I miss? Did I not hear something? Mm. Where did we lose the energy? Where did I lose the connection? In parenting, when I've done mm. stuff with my kids that haven't worked, I'm looking at the feedback. Like, how could I have said this differently? How could I have phrased it differently? When I walked in the room, was my physiology intimidating to my kids? Was I loving? Like, Failure is feedback. I love that term, and baseball forces that on you. Because if you don't get feedback from your failure as a hitter or a pitcher, if you don't get feedback from that failure, you're not going to last very long. Yeah. Right, you're, you're gonna gone. have to figure that stuff out. Can I tell out? you one quick, one, one, one yeah. just quick story, please? When I when I go back to my rookie, it was my second year, my rookie year in the big leagues. I faced Randy Johnson for the first time. You know, you go back six yeah. eleven. You know, he's with the Diamondbacks at the time. You know, just throwing behind you, um, and and lefty on left, just lefty on lefty. I, I was literally was up there like, yeah. oh yeah. my god! <laughs> I was like, if these are the pitchers in the big leagues, my I'm gonna god. be out of yeah, here soon. Right? They weren't all like that. It was yeah. incredible. Yeah. So. I remember going 0 for 4 with him with a couple punch outs. And I remember thinking, man, that's Randy Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best lefties ever. I got his baseball card. You know, mm-hmm. my, that's where my mind was going. Yeah. We faced Maddox a couple days later. He cars me up, slices and dices me. Yeah. One, two, he, you know, two seamer at my hip. I, I've never seen yeah. that in my life. Yeah. I, was like, I think I screamed. I was like, ah! You know? <laughs> Like strike three. That's so right. Awesome. So so I remember I remember having a conversation with myself, like, wow, I'm getting feedback here that I'm I'm looking at these guys that I'm putting them too much on a pedestal. Yeah. I gotta get back to controlling like the controllables of what I can do, right? There you go. So this is what I this is what I said. And I, I started to think, okay, what can what what adjustment can I make here to mm-hmm. not look out there and, and these great pitchers and think that they're so much better than me. Yeah. So what I said was, I've been facing a pitching machine since I was fourteen years old. As soon as it leaves those guys' hand, whether it's Randy Johnson, Greg Max, John Smoltz, I told myself mentally, "You're not. It's now a pitching machine, mm. right? I just have to be able to get my process so well that when the ball comes into an area over the over the over the plate, that I got to be ready to square it up. Mm. So whether it's leaving it at a three-quarter lefty that's six eleven, yeah. throwing a hundred or ninety-three mile an hour slider, very good. If it comes across the plate. I still got a shot if I can control my controllables, if I can control me. Yes. So it becomes that me versus me game. Your brother, I love this. Do you agree with that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
See, guys, one of the things Sean's doing we're going to talk about in a little bit is he's got something called Think Like a Pro where you're going to be able to start to get guys like him, him specifically, their insights and how to apply these things in life. And what you just said is like, anytime I've got something that overwhelms me, I try to get internal. Mm. What are the things that I can control? Even like when I'm speaking and there's like 15 speakers on an agenda, oh, they're going to love this guy. Who's going up before me? Right. You know, right. I remember even when I played, <laughs> so I'd be worried about, even in college, like, oh, it's Friday night. I got their A starter. Right. Who are they throwing tonight? Oh, I hope he's not a lefty or, you know, whatever. Right, right? Exactly. So, and I started to, I go, no, the bottom line is when the ball leaves his hand, it's me and the ball. It's right? you. And I, 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 had a, I have a fighter. I won't say who, but he's fighting in the next few weeks, one of my UFC guys. And he sent me a voice note the other night because we couldn't reach you. And I'd say this to all of you to listen just because I wish I knew everything I know about coaching top performers back when I was young because they're human beings. Mm. And they actually have a lot of the same worries, anxieties, <laughs> fears, insecurities that you have. They've just come up with processes and they get feedback from their failures. The thing Sean is saying is a fact. And so he says to me, he goes, here's the truth, bro. I'm scared. He said to me, I'm scared. I'm afraid. And I'm, I'm worried. He's, this is the best opponent I've ever faced. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, I'm just relying on my training and the things we talked about and some of the mental triggers. I give these guys mm. different mental triggers and anchors that you did when you hit Love as that. well that baseball players know about that a lot of athletes don't. And I said back to him in the voice note because we couldn't reach him. I said, hey, just remember this, man. He's scared, too. Exactly. And, he, and he's about to face a badass man himself. And he's facing the best fighter he's ever fought in his life. So we can't control that. But we can control is what we feel internally. So just know this. Other people are afraid when they give a speech. Other people are worried. Right. Other people are, when they, they're not sure they're going to make it. They're not sure. Just realize this, that like the things you think you suffer from that are just yours emotionally, your fears, your anxieties are human. And the top people, I'm talking about people that have run big countries, run big companies that 12 year MLB studs, right. right? Like the best UFC fighters, the best boxers, the best putters I've worked with, the best golfers, they all have these thoughts that you have, yeah. but they come up with coping mechanisms. They come up with things that they can play offense in their life. Yeah. They deal with failure better. And I just have to wonder in your case, like your humility level, you I don't know. Good guys never know they're good guys. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you're a good guy. Like you got voted something, the award of like the nicest like dude a in baseball. Friendliest player in baseball. Yeah, like that type of thing. <laughs> but do you do you think your temperament? This is important. Emotional control mm -hmm. matters in everything. Like I have found the people that last long term at things have a level of emotional control mm -hmm. that people that are flashes in the pan or just mm -hmm. all out failing don't have do you think your temperament your i don't know your maybe possibly optimistic friendly temperament yeah. helped you yeah or do you have you ever even thought about that before because yeah. the, you're not like most yeah. athletes you weren't when you played even when yeah. you played i remember other guys i knew that played like dude he's just Johnny's a good dude <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. do you think your well, temperament well, matters well, what's funny was what was funny was I love first base because I could talk to talk, the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? Right. And I'm talking to, you know, talking to the umpires, first right. base coach. But I did in my mind think, like, when I get in that box. Your face just changed I'm, again. I'm going to rip your head off. Yeah. Like, it was a weird, like, I don't mean that, yeah. like, you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I guess you just had to think that way. Yes, of course. You know, you know, that's how I, and that's how you thought. But, like, I do think, I do think the fact that, you know, I, there was a, th that my positive attitude helped me through the struggles at times. Mm -hmm. You know, it helped me to, it, it, I, I would always look at uh, the gla glasses half full, right? Mm -hmm. I just would be like, okay, 
I remember when I was coming up in the minor leagues, people would say, uh, hey, you're struggling. You're afraid. I remember this interview when it was in A in Akron. And I used to tell myself, hey, the storm's coming. That's good. That's good. But the storm's coming. Mm. I, whatever I told, that was a little trick. I, it was a game I played with myself. Very at. good. And I would just say, "Hey, the storm's coming." Like, what do you mean? I was like, "I'm coming." Yeah. And I'm coming tomorrow. Whoever's well, so and so's on the mound. Good. Because mm. I'm coming for him. You know. It's you know like, what's interesting? I played those games with myself. Now that I'm in your presence, you're yeah. a little, you're more intense than I knew. Meaning, yeah. I knew that you were passionate, but. Like your face changes multiple <laughs> times when you talk about your dad, yeah. your face changed. You talked about that defining moment, and when you just talked about that, yeah. so there's a switch that you flip. Yeah. Part of baseball that's different than other sports is the duration of the season. Right, it's a long Such a grind. It's it's and it's by the way, you know, you play 160 games in like 180 something days. Like it's yeah. nuts, right, or whatever it is. 100, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's a long season, so I have to think. The I think baseball is the sport that could teach you the most lessons that apply to business because you mm. do have to have some emotional control, right? You, you do have, have to, to. You can't get crazy high. Now the postseason is different. Like if yeah. anyone's watching baseball right now, like that's a it's almost a different game. Mm. Like the way the pan the managers manage the bullpen, right. everything's just heightened. Different pitches, getting guys on yeah, base, exactly. runs, yeah. all these things are different. But in general, mm. the sport is a long yeah. season. It's not like the NFL. There's 17 games. Yeah. Forever there was 16 games. You got to peak those 16 games. That's right. it. So what's the what's the difference with the emotional control in baseball that applies? Do you think life or well, business? Well, I think well the biggest thing is like it's it's a one day at a time thing. It's a one pitch at a time thing. So mm -hmm. like if I go out there and 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 how you evaluate yourself at times, it, it can't be so result oriented that you just fly off the handle, right? Yeah. Like, so I, I could go out there and feel great and go zero for four and like mm -hmm. hit the, hit a couple balls hard, maybe get dominated. With, you know, mm -hmm. those guys are good out there too. They're yep. gonna dominate me some mm -hmm. nights. I'm like, wow, what just happened there? But knowing that I'm playing the next night, yeah, that I got the process I have, I'm gonna go one pitch at a time again, and I'm just gonna keep doing that night in mm -hmm. and night out, night mm -hmm. in and night out, and I'm not gonna waste a pitch, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's the biggest thing. I remember being at the All Star game in 2004. I'm sitting in the food room. It's Mike Piazza, me and Scott Rowland. Incredible. Now, you know, every time you go to an all-star game, you're like, Muhammad Ali just yeah, came in. Yeah, I'm like, hey, here's Muhammad Ali. No way. You know, yeah. Barry Bonds, all these yeah. guys. You know, and, yeah. and then you're like, oh, George Bush came in to talk. Yeah. Man, Mr. President, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, Sean, how you doing? I was like, yes, he knows my name. It was like Crazy. another one of those moments, yeah. right? So we're sitting in the food room, bro, and, and it's like me, Piazza, and, and Roland. Now, Scott Rowland at the time is the third baseman for the Cardinals, mm -hmm. and Pujols is the best player in the game. You know, mm -hmm. him and Bonds are the best players in the time, but, but is he's just different. How he hits the ball to right center. Mm -hmm. You know, he's hitting 350, but he's hitting 40 homers. Yeah. It just, it was impressive. And I said, Scott, mm -hmm. what is it, man? What's the difference between Albert Pujols and us? We're all stars. Yeah. We're all here, but he's he's a little bit better than all of us. He goes, Case, never seen anything like it. Mm. He goes, it could be 9 nothing in the middle of July mm. on a Tuesday night. Mm. He's in the he's the last, he, two outs in the ninth, mm. and he'll put together a 12th pitch at bat Whoa. and then hit a bullet to right mm. for a hit. Mm. Guy never wastes a pitch. Mm. He never wastes a pitch. And then I, then I fast forward. And you fast forward, you know, 20 years, and, and that was 2004 when he was three years in the big leagues. You fast forward, he just hit 700. It's unbelievable. He just hit 700. He's one of the greatest players ever. Yeah. He's got, you know, over 3,000 hits. He's got 700 bombs, 700 doubles. And, and, and you look, I think back to that story, and I go, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. I go, the people that are the t at the top, yeah. they don't waste a pitch. Yeah. They don't waste a call. Yeah. They don't waste a morning not to work out. They don't make, you know, they're, they do it. 
day in and day out. And their habits, their routines, their processes are at an elite level. And that's how you get Albert Pujols. And that's how you get Miguel Cabrera. And that's how you get some of these dudes. Mike Trout. They're just a little bit different than the guys at the All-Star game. Yeah, that's crazy. And you think about that, you guys. Everyone who plays the sport, everyone who plays in high school, then plays some form of college ball, then to rookie ball, single A, double A, triple A, gets to the big leagues, stays in the big leagues, then a smaller group's an all-star, then a very smaller group's a repeat all-star, and then you got guys that are like Hall of Fame players. And that little difference, that little thing is what you just described. It's the fact that they don't waste days, they don't waste hours, they don't waste right. they don't waste minutes. Okay, I got a couple things I want to ask you about. Yeah. Um, your dad, when we were, I didn't know we were going to go there today, but yeah, I... Yeah. I, I just think your dad's like a centerpiece of your life, right? Yeah. Like, so you tell me, we're just about to go on live here, and you're like, oh, uh, uh, but by the way, uh, his dad's by the way had double open heart surgery recently. But I just want to think about these lessons that I think apply to business and life that we learn from just very special people who the world probably won't know. Yeah, you know, and you're, you're I think you're hitting coach. Yeah. Frank, Frank Porco. right? Frank like Porco, Frank, like yeah. just this guy just changed your life, he right? Was a labor negotiator with the steel mill. Like, Incredible. You know, never even played college never baseball. Played college baseball. Right. And then he ends up teaching one of the great hitters of his time how to hit. And your dad, with all the mental reps that he told you, just before we go on here, you guys, he goes, Oh, yeah. Um, my dad was actually a Catholic priest. Yeah. I went, uh, what, what did you say? Yeah, my dad was a Catholic priest till he was 30 years old. I went, <laughs> What? Like that's not like a minor. It's not like you know. My dad was once a welder, and now he's a chemical salesman. Like that's a big, a big difference. Yeah. So like, how Incredible. much of your? I mean, my gosh. Yeah. Like your dad was. You would go to Catholic church on a Sunday, and your dad used to be the priest. I mean. Yeah. What other things did you Incredible. learn from your father that you think are? really applicable now in your life that you've used in baseball and in your life what are some some of the other things oh man you're just incredible like i don't tell that story much i think the first time i probably ever publicly told that you know but i'm so i'm just so proud of of, you know of of them and uh you know i i guess one of the things that one of the stories that you know that he tells and i love that he tells my kids too Mm. Is uh, when he was a priest, I believe it was in Bayport, New York, up in Long Island, right outside mm-hmm. Sayville. And, uh, you know, it was right in the civil rights movement, probably late 60s. And, and uh, he was part of four busloads that went down of blacks and whites. And they went down to the, my, my dad was at the Martin Luther King, I have a dream speech. My gosh. That's incredible. That's incredible. That's incredible. And, and I just asked him about that. And, and you know, <laughs> it, the, the, amazing because my dad, I think he was more of like, he was trying, you know, back in those days, trying to get housing for blacks mm-hmm. in, in Long Island and mm-hmm. they wouldn't show the houses or whatever was yeah. going on. And, I, and, and so the, um, my, my, the bishops called my dad in. They're like, ah, yeah. Father Casey, they're like, uh, you need to cool it with mm-hmm. this civil rights stuff. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're starting to get death threats. Mm-hmm. And I said, and so my, I, my, so my dad at the time, I think it was 26, 27. So I said, Dad, how'd you feel about getting death threats? Yeah, right. He goes, I said, bring it on. Whoa. He goes, and I said, why? He's like, because I was 26, 27 years old. I was trying to change the world. Wow. I was trying to do like, you know, what yeah. I was trying to really say like, what would Jesus do? Yeah. You know what I mean? In that situation. So I, my dad's such a special guy. Like when I look back, you know, he obviously left the priesthood at 30 when a lot of priests were leaving in the late 60s. Um, but it's obvious, bro. This is where you get your heart from. Yeah. You know, I just say it for you. Yeah. It's where you get your kindness from. Yeah. It's where you get your heart from. 
Yeah. It's where you get your passion from. Yeah, and my dad. I'm sure you got it from both your parents, but yeah. clearly your father is a very yeah. unique man. He's a unique man. Yeah. You know, my mom obviously I'm very close with her too. Mm-hmm. But my, you know, and my dad was, you know, it was almost like it just a lot about how you treat people, treat mm-hmm. people the way you want to treat people, stay humble. You know, just that kind of a lot of the lessons I probably. What happened did. when you got to the big leagues? Was he just like whoa, or was he was it just like I expected? It? No, I think he was like whoa. I think we were all yeah. like it, it was like yeah. whoa. I remember my dad saying to me one day, he's like, "Are you? What's the reason you want to play in the big leagues?" Mm. He said, do you want to play in the big leagues for fame and fortune? Mm. Or do you want to play in the big leagues for service and impact? That's yeah. what he said to me. Wow, that's and not I, a normal question. Yeah, it's not a normal question, but that, my dad was a philosopher. Yeah. You know, he majored in philosophy. What did you, you say? And, I, and, I, and because, you know, being raised, like, I, I think I was like, yeah, service and impact, dad. Because mm. he was always big on, hey, listen, mm. don't forget. People show up at the People show up. And especially because we grew up in Pittsburgh, yeah. you know, hardworking, yeah. blue-collar people. Hey, people show up every night when they come. That guy just got home from work. Yeah. He picked up his kids mm. to come watch you play. Wow. You make sure you give everything you got. Oh, you know, you make sure you, you make sure you leave it all on the table. Because mm. that guy, that might be the only game that guy can afford. Yeah. You know, so it was like that mentality of my dad just like, you know, making sure that, you know, it's not just about you. Mm. That like, you got to see other people. And like, I think the other thing was like, you know, we talk about service. My dad, you know, one of the things I always tell people, the most selfish thing you'll ever do in your life. You want to be selfish? You want to be really selfish? Go serve somebody else. Because so for whatever reason, dude, the soul wants service. Right. So when you serve someone else, you're like, man, I, whoa, I'm, I want to keep doing that. You're so right. I feel so good doing that. Yeah. You, you know, Ed, you yeah. serve so many people. So There's so many you. people you give back to. Like, man, like, ooh, that feels good. Yeah. You don't hear athletes talk like this, though, Sean. Yeah. This isn't normal. You're not normal. Um, like, this conversation I knew was going to be special, but, like, I didn't know it was going to go to this depth. And, you know, you are, he is working for the MLB Network. He's great on there. I've watched him on there for, you know, quite a while now. Mm-hmm. But now you're starting to do this thing yeah. about thinking like a pro. It's you're taking these things, and you said this thing. I, I, it took me back. You said it to Jim, mm-hmm. and I, like, replayed it, and then I sent it to my son, and then I sent it to my daughter, and it's this good. So I, I want you to share it with my audience about the gaps. Mm-hmm. And I, it was so good that I've actually, I'm not going to, I've sent it to some of the athletes I work with, too. So talk about that. It's because yeah. it's a baseball analogy, but it's yeah. a life analogy that's yeah. huge. Yeah. Well, you know, I was, you know, I want to get in, I mean, or not, not want to get in. I'm into coaching. I coach, mm-hmm. you know, obviously college athletes, mm-hmm. high school, some pro players and all that stuff. But, I'm, you know, this program I've developed, it's called the Powers and the Gaps. And I just wanted to relate it to baseball because mm-hmm. when you think of baseball, mm-hmm. and Ed, you know, you know mm-hmm. as well as I do, mm-hmm. you want to be a be- one of the best players in the game? Mm-hmm. You play in the gaps. That's right. You play in the gaps. You got to shoot the gaps yeah. to be one of the best power hitters. Yeah. You got to hit the ball out in the gaps to be one of the best in the game. Yep. At the end of the day, right? Yep. Your center fielders, your right field, they got to fly into the gaps yep. to make a play, right? Yes. And so I look at that like, hey, the power's in the gaps in life too. That's what I love about baseball. It mirrors life. Yes. Like baseball's not easy. Hey, life's not easy too. Mm. It wasn't meant to be. Mm. Baseball wasn't meant to be either. Life's mm. not meant to be easy. Like mm. none of us are exonerated from the uncertainty. The hard work, right, and the, and the struggles of life, Gosh. and the struggles of baseball, right. At the, at the at the end of the day, so the powers in the gaps, and I thought about what is it, man. So, the G of the gaps is that gratitude, man. Mm-hmm. Are we showing up every day? Are we connecting to what this is all about? Are we connecting to the gratitude of like when you wake up in the morning? Are you are you saying, hey, thank you? Mm-hmm. Oh man, I got I got an, I, I, and I and I do I, I say this I say this to my kids all the time if they listen they're probably gonna listen to this podcast and they're like oh here goes dad jumping yeah. off his every morning <laughs> I say to my kids like my two daughters are still home Carly and Julian at her home but my sons are in college and I still tell them and I say hey man 
the chances of you being here of a human being are one in 400 trillion, right? And you know that too. You win the life lottery every day. Yeah. Like, right, right? And so, like, and I think of generational gratitude, right? I think of this. Like, so your parents had to meet, then your grandparents had to meet. And then if I go back to my, my Irish heritage in County Cork, Ireland, the potato famine came, some more cases had decided to have kids. And if you go back to the generations, it's like, it's so ridiculous. Like a 10th generation grandparent, 4,000 of those people had to get together. Fred, my let to be here. It's crazy. Right? It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So however awesome you think you are and awesome thing you think you are, yeah, you are. Yeah. And I want to tell people that I wanted to, I want to be like, dude, you're in, you're a walking lottery ticket, bro. Why don't you start living like it, right? Why don't you start living like it? And that's like that's that gratitude, right? Like, yes. oh yeah, I got up, boom, I hit the thing. Yeah. Hey, thank you yeah. for the life force mm. of that. My mm. heart's gonna pump today a hundred thousand mm. times. I have no idea how that's happening. <laughs> so it's true. the ultimate gift. Well, I'm gonna breathe twenty five thousand times today. Mm. How is that happening, Ed? I got fifty trillion cells digesting my food. What? <laughs> Yes. I'm a walking miracle, and yes. so are you. There's only one Ed Milet, man. Mm-hmm. There's eight billion dudes out there and women. There's only one Ed Milet. There's only one Sean Case. And for anyone else out there, guess what? If you think life is tough and this and that, why don't you change it? Why don't you change the narrative? You start to look and you go, no, 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 no. The narrative really is you're one of a kind, brother. You're one of a kind. And we've, we all started to think like that. I don't know. I think the world will be a different place. Amen. That's how I think. Amen. So when I say the powers and the gaps, mm-hmm. it's in the gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. It's in the A, the accountability for who you are, of how you think, of what narratives you tell yourself, of what are your stories. It's also in the perspective that you take, in the P, mm-hmm. perspective, in your process. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and the S of the gaps, is it's also in the service. If you want to connect to, the, to this world and connect to people, hey, man, serve someone, serve somebody. How many times does somebody ask you for directions and you go, hey, beat it, dude? If somebody comes up to you ask you rest, you go, hey, man, two blocks down here. If you're in Pittsburgh, you don't know the street names. You're like two blocks down here, don't know the street name. You make a left at the 7-Eleven. Dude, people want to help. People want to. So find people to serve. You don't necessarily have to go to a soup kitchen or something. Serve your, serve your kids. Serve your dad if you have to when he's struggling or your mom. Or, like you're doing. Yeah, serve people that are in the, the grocery store. Say hi. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're, 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 they're one of a kind, too. Yeah. Bro, the gaps that fires me up. I don't know that I've ever felt that much energy from someone who's done this before. No, but I love it because, like, I also think a lot of things in life is in our energy. It's actually how you feel. People, you're always making people feel something. Right. It blows my mind how few human beings are intentional about that thing. Like, you're always making another person feel something. So why not be intentional about what it is? By the way, you are always feeling something. Take some control over that. Great right, point. take some control over your own energy. Energy is influence. Energy yeah. because people respond to what they feel way more than the actual words you say. Like this thing today, right. people are gonna go, "That was unbelievable!" Right. I can't, I'm almost drove off the road. <laughs> they're they were at level six on the treadmill. <laughs> they're at ten, and when it's done, there'll be two or three. They're gonna remember the gaps. They're gonna right. remember your high school story. But right. at the end, they're gonna remember how they felt, how you made them feel. That's how. When you think about someone you love, you can't describe, like, they're smart, they're sick. No, it's how they make you feel, feel. right? Yeah. So it's the how you feel part of your life. Like, that's what's, that's one of your magic things, mm. man, is, like, mm. anytime I've listened to you, it's why I want people to follow you, too. Make sure, what the, what's Instagram for you? Uh, my Instagram is at the mayor's office, MLB. Yeah, What? by the way, what is... That's really not easy to remember. At the mayor's office. At the mayor's, at office, the mayor's of, office, MLB, MLB. Major League Baseball. What's the mayor thing? Dude, it's... The, a, a guy who's the head coach at Ohio State right now, when I was in the Cape Cod League, he's got okay. Bill Mosey Yellow. Uh, 
you know, he was like, he was a real serious guy at the time. And yeah. I'm like, man, this guy, I don't know if this guy likes me. He's so serious, you know? And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, me, yeah. and I'm coming in, hey, what's going on? <laughs> right, right. And, you know, so, you know, and he's like, bro, he's like, dude, he's like, you talk to everybody. He goes, it's almost like you're lobbying for votes to be the mayor or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it kind of stuck. And, then, and I remember Carl Ravitch one time, I hit a ball in the gap in 1999. I, 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 I you know, slide in second base. And he's like, hey, and that's a rocket right there by the, they call him the mayor, the mayor. Sean Cakes. And all of a sudden, you know, it just kind of stuck. It so it's like, because I'm talking to everybody at first. And dude, I don't know, man. It's, it is. It's that energy. When I remember, like, you know, who's your favorite guy? Man, Lance Berkman would come talk about energy. Man, mm-hmm. He'd come to first. It's a great mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. But I just, you know, I love people, man. I think that energy is the most important thing. And yeah. I, like, when I, when Romy told me to talk with you, he goes, dude, you're not going to believe this guy's energy. <laughs> you're literally not going to believe this dude's energy. And I had already watched you and knew you, but actually meeting you, it's like, it's a fact. And like, I, root for you now like i root for you i want to ask you this we only have a few more minutes but like you did go from this dude who wasn't starting as a freshman Mm -hmm. to wasn't getting any looks in high school to this incredible career that's by the way you've also been so good you stayed in the game you're on the mlb network you've been in baseball a long time right yeah you're around the game still i think people listen to this want to know if it's worth it like you made your dream come true like, I don't know if it ever dawned on you because you're still doing it, but like Incredible. you had a dream in your life Incredible. and you did it. Now you got new dreams and bigger yeah, dreams, of course. but you made a dream come true. Mm-hmm. What does it feel like? Take us into that. Like, what does it feel like to have that at bat in the World Series or look back now or at any point in your life? Your father, and he's getting older, he's 82 years old, he's had two open heart surgeries. His son, Sean Casey. His son played in the big leagues. Yeah. His son's on TV. His son's influence. His son's on my show right now. Going to move millions of people. His son is like really had a pretty darn good run so far. It didn't just stop with baseball. And by the way, when he played baseball, he was in service to other people. He did inspire other people. Lots of guys that finished the game talk about Sean Casey. Now he's on TV. Now he's going to start with his pro stuff where he's going to help people. What does it feel like to make a dream come true? Take us into it for a minute. It's humbling, I think, more than anything. Because you know, I guess you look back you look back at your career and you go, you know, we moved to Pittsburgh when I was five from New Jersey. Wow, we don't want to be in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you do. Frank Porco's there nine years later. You know, oh, yeah, you want to be in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, yeah. I look back and I have so much gratitude for so many people. Mm. I, you know, Coach McQueen at University of Richmond. Mm. You drove six hours? Yeah. You drove six hours on a letter? Like, thank you. Like, thank you to, to Mark McQueen. Thank you to Frank Porco. Thank you to Jim Kay. Thank you to Harvey Dorfman for writing a book that turned out to be just something that, like, I just embraced. Like, so when I look back, it's just humbling because I know I just didn't get there on my own. There was a lot of people along the way. I go back to my first at bat, and I just hit a home run to win the AAA championship. Call me in the office. Mark Shapiro, who's now, he was, was now at the time, was the minor league di- uh, director of the Indians. They call me in the office. We're, we're all cheering, but, you know, but we just wanted an Iowa. We go in there. They call me in the office. Hey, Case, great job. Great home run. Let's go. We're so excited. Your season's not over. You're going to the big leagues. And I'm like, I got to show a story. And I'm like, I just I couldn't believe it. And like, mm-hmm. you're meeting a team tomorrow in Chicago. Well, at the time, there was no cell phones. So I go bolting out of the clubhouse, right? Mm-hmm. And the clubhouse is in like le- is in left field. So I go bolting out of the clubhouse. Lights are still on the stadium. These cornfields in the back. It was like a, like a, like a field of dreams moment. Yeah. Cornfields. I go running to the concourse. 
I got my mom. My mom gave me like a credit card back then. Hey, Sean, you need to call collect. Use this credit card. You know, so I'm bam. I'm the only one in, in the thing. I call. You know, my mom. My mom, my dad answers. My mom did answer. I go, hey guys. You know, there's no internet back then. Yeah. He's streaming. I go. I just hit a home run to win the AAA championship, and then I start bawling. Yeah. I'm like, and I just got called to the big leagues. Hmm. Like, I'm gonna meet the team tomorrow. Hmm. You know, in Chicago. You know, hmm. incredible. And I remember my dad just saying like, "We'll be there. We'll be there." And the next day, we get to Chicago. I don't think I get to see my parents for the game because they were flying in. So, so I don't even. I do, but I know they're behind the dish, right? I know they're behind the plate. And four of my crazy college friends are down the left field line. I could see them. You know, I'm like, all right, let's keep them down the left yeah. field line, right? You know. <laughs> so, in the eighth inning, Johnny Gore, who was the bench coach at the time, comes out and goes, "Hey, Case, I'm, I'm crushing sunflower seeds." I'm like, "Just don't get me in the game. I'm just so glad to be here, right?" <laughs> He's like, "Hey, man." Dave Justice gets up. Now, you know, these names, yeah. now these names are yeah. Dave Justice. Yeah. I'm in the same freaking yeah. sense as Dave Justice. Yeah. Dave Justice gets gets up. You pinch hitting for him. I'm like, oh, my God. So now I'm watching it play out. Matt Williams is up before. These guys are loaded, 97. Yeah. You know that yeah. team. Yep. Incredible. Matt Williams. Dave Justice getting up there. Hey, Case, you're up. So I'm like, whoa, whoa, what? So I, so I go over, and I realize our equipment never came from Iowa, the oh. Buffalo guys. So, so now, bro, and you know, when you come to the big leagues, you got the one flap. You're like, we're in the big leagues, you get the, you get the one, one ear flap. flap. You know, you got the two ear flaps. <laughs> yeah, you call it, right. It's college yep. of the minors, you yep. know. You get the one ear flap, you're like, oh, my gosh. But I don't have an ear flap. So, so now I can start rummaging through the helmets. I find one, seven and a quarter lefty. It's Tony Fernandez. I don't know it. I don't know Tony. I don't know anybody. Right. But I got to saddle up here. So I go up to Tony. Hey, Tony, seven and a quarter lefty helmet. Any ch- I'm about to hit for Dave Justice. Any chance you can borrow your helmet? He goes, Mi hermano, it's all yours. I'm like, well, let's go. So I, so I got a helmet. Jeff Manto, who was at AAA at the time, I'm like, hey, Mick, I, you know, you're know, you my buddy. Yeah. I need your batting gloves. He's like, take them. So now I'm – and you know, too, this. Yeah. You know, bats are everything. Yeah. The, the model of the bat, you swing is everything. You can't go for your first A-B and be like, oh, I've never swung this model before right. because I need to have the perfect weight balance. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm rummaging through the bats. Jim Tomey, no, wow, that's like yeah, Paul Bunyan. Right. He goes back down 40 <laughs> outs. I start, Matt Williams, you know, I'm like, God, I can't. I, Manny Ramirez, T141 Louisville. That's my bat. So I have to go up to Manny Ramirez. Oh, my gosh. And, I, you know, dude, I just got caught. Hey, Manny, any chance guy can use your bat? <laughs> oh, my gosh. My yeah. Oh, my God. Go ahead, my friend. So I go out there, Tony Fernandez's helmet. <laughs> oh my gosh! Jeff Manto's batting gloves and Manny Ramirez's bat. Oh my gosh! Right? Well, the one thing that, that that my dad and I always had was I called the Jim Casey fist pump. My whole life, okay. from eight years old, six years old on, playing baseball. Whenever I would come up, I on on deck, I look over. My dad would mm. big fist pump. You okay. know, big Jim Casey. So I get on deck, get my stuff on, and now you can imagine what my parents felt. To see their son come oh on deck. Oh my gosh. In, in the Comiskey field. So I come up on deck and my dad stands up oh. and gives the double Jim Casey fist pump. First time in the history. I'm like, oh my gosh. Double. Do a double. Do, do a double. <laughs> do a double. Double Casey fist pump. It was incredible. Oh. So I go out there, my first at bat, oh. uh, facing this guy named Jeff Darwin. Boom, he paints me like two pitches. I, I'm, a, I'm in the spirit world. I, I don't even know where I'm at. I, I, you know, all that process, I have zero process. I'm, like, right, right. I'm so stressed out, anxiety ridden. The, Darwin's throwing 90. It looks like 107. So he gets me to one, two, and I'm like, I remember stepping out and taking a breath, and I go, I'm not punching out my first to bat. Like, get your act together. You haven't even seen three pitches. Your dad's giving you a double fist pump. You got Tony Francis' helmet, Manny Ramirez' bat. What the hell is going on here? So I get back in. I take a breath. It was like that moment. I was like, okay, this, so I, boom. 
boom, throws a one-two slider, bam, knock to right. Single, yes. first, I get the first. My dad's going crazy. I thought he was going to get arrested. He's going crazy. My mom's going crazy. My buddies are going crazy down the line. And, and that was the moment where I looked back and I go, I did it. Oh, my God. I did. Like, if, if I don't get another at bat. Yeah. And if I don't get another at bat. Yeah. That conversation at 14 years old and the guy that's in the stands right now that's going absolutely crazy, we did it. Oh, bro. You know, we did it. That is maybe the best freaking story I've ever heard. (laughs) Dude, this was so freaking good today. It was so good today. Oh my God! Thank you, bro, for having me on. I'm oh, so grateful. So I grateful, want to dude. thank you. And millions of people are grateful. That story. Did you do that on purpose? You just tied the whole podcast together with the first thing we talked about. No, it's like, no, you just it was taking I, your lead, brother. Taking you, your lead. That was unbelievable. <laughs> oh, I love you, brother. Incredible, bro. Thank so you. think like a pro. Yes. Yeah. Breakthrough pro. Where do they go? Yeah. Well, you can go to SeanCasey.live. Okay. You can go there. You know keynote speak all that stuff you yeah. know but but you, do you break- want a dude to come fire up your group are you <laughs> kidding me are you freaking yeah. kidding me yeah. what an amazing yeah. experience this was today Thanks, for me man, man. and i'm it. so glad that you even exceeded the introductions and recommendations for you man you're a remarkable man thank you dude i'm I really pre- grateful you've been in my life it. for a long time i appreciate it yeah. thanks a lot man. you're a thanks a lot jeez this yeah. was good today if you aren't fired up right now if you didn't write some <laughs> notes if you aren't ready to do something great you got some major problems i don't know what i can do for you i don't know what else i can do for you i just gave you the juice thank you sean you guys share that this is the number one growing show on the planet for a reason because you keep sharing this thing share this thing go get my book the power of one more yes great book and if you really want to change your life go to the change on nosy or change on youtube my show change you'll see me intervene in actual people's lives and change their life as well but man this is why i do this show is what we did together today i got a podcast too called the at the mayor's office podcast get it at uh, at the mayor's uh, yeah we talk a little baseball we talk about the mental side a lot of it too okay guys go there go get it and uh Thank you, bro. This oh, has been you. incredible. Thank I'm you. so, so grateful. For this. Thank you. <laughs> it's a 25 out of 10. All right, you guys. God bless you. Max out. This is the Ed Milet Show.